to the Storage Queens. We've got one heck of an episode for you today, and I am super excited about our guests. They are the uber-talented, the uber-funny, and the so-creative. It's Austin and Will from the Evoke Group. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. being here. Yeah, we are excited to have you guys. Uh, So these guys are going to share some valuable information today about storing digital photos and video files, as well as discussing how to keep your equipment safe and stored the right way. So uh, let's get right into it, shall we? Uh, Hey, Guys, give us a brief synopsis of the work that uh, you guys do at the Evoke Group, just so our listeners can kind of know where you're coming from. Do you want to go? Me, me go? Go ahead, Will. All right. Well, we are the Evoke Group. We are a video production house and video marketing agency. So in a nutshell, we produce all sorts of video content, um, a lot of commercials, documentary stuff, animation, photography, uh, for promoting businesses, uh, for television, for digital distribution, the whole nine, whatever anybody needs. Yeah, That's nice. what we get into. Right. Am I missing anything, Austin? Oh, I think you got it. All right. All right. Well, mm. now that we've got your background, we kind of want to get our listeners the best tips and how to's for using all this video equipment and everything. So what are your top two main factors to consider for storing and maintaining your camera and video equipment for longevity, like how you store it, where you store it, all those things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we can start there. Um, so one of the main things that, that I would mention would be to store your equipment in weatherproof cases. So in our in our situation, we use the Pelican brand cases. They're awesome. They're lockable, waterproof. They're also foam-coated inside. So uh, if you drop the case and you've got uh, you know fragile stuff inside, right. um, it's going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the foam goes, there's a lot of these... Mm-hmm. cases that have these these like block type foam that you can pull out and customize and they get kind of annoying in a way if you use them over time they start to deteriorate and fall apart so we've gotten into uh, you know they're kind of you know fabric covered foam and it makes it so much easier because it gets really annoying when this foam just starts falling out <laughs> and you got little foam pieces, pieces everywhere. everywhere yeah it's obnoxious but you know we've we've learned our lesson over the years so what about uh, environmental factors like moisture, dust, temperature, those kind of things, other than just like m- maybe an accident of dropping it? How are you kind of protecting equipment for that? Are, are most of those cases made to protect against dust and things of that nature? Yeah, for sure. So um, the ca- if they're in the case, they're pretty pretty much secure. Once the mm-hmm. Pelican cl- cases are closed, they're not going to let in any water. They're really not going to let in air. Um, there's a little air hole on top that you can open up. Um, if you want it to breathe a little bit, but um, most of the time they're not going to let in anything whatsoever. Uh, once you get the equipment out of the case, obviously, uh, it's kind of part of the job, um, I would say, as far as you're going to shoot in environments that are going to be dusty or, uh, you know, out in the elements. Right. And so I think uh, it's just important to take your items when you're back to the studio and clean them out. Um, there's There's holes in the sides of the cameras that you can... Uh, blow air through and then um, the sensor itself if you ever open up the camera sensor especially in a dusty environment you want to make sure that there's no particles on the uh, camera sensor and be very very careful cleaning that if you're not confident cleaning it then you can ship it off to uh, a a provider that can help clean that for you because you can absolutely ruin yes yes (laughs) you can absolutely ruin a camera if you've got some dust particles on there and you try to 
scrub it off with a Q-tip or something like that. Oh, you wow. can you can microfiber only. Microfiber yeah. only. You Good can use looked. a really soft T-shirt, but only in <laughs> not on the sensor. Not on the not on the sensor. Never on the sensor. Don't don't do that, y'all. Well, we always like to ask um, about inventory and like your inventory management. So you guys have like a system in place for knowing what you have, where it is, all those types of things when it's kind of stored away. Yeah, we have a list. That was actually one of the first things I did when I started working at the Evoke Group was, uh, you know, kind of like an intern task. All right, lay out all of the gear and write it down. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And then we haven't really used the list since. (laughs) Uh, But for insurance purposes, it's very important. Um, So we do have that. But as far as keeping track of things goes, um, it's mostly everything has a home. It lives in a certain bag or a case. And the case has its own place so i know that case is under that jacket (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know yeah like kind of organized chaos if you will but we do have a really organized gear closet um and a very specific spot where we put all of the the camera gear the cases and we know where everything goes so before we go on a shoot we gear prep we charge all of our batteries and we look for each case and then we look in each case and we're like all right we got everything so we've, we've been doing this for a long time so it's like we know when mm-hmm. something's not in its right place. So um, that just kind of comes with muscle memory. And the same is true at the end of the shoot. Once we get done with the shoot at the end of the day, we'll kind of do the same process and look over each of the boxes, make sure that you know the cameras are back in there, make sure the lenses are back in there, make sure we've got all the batteries in the proper spots, uh, make sure the monitor is back where it goes, and so on and so forth. So I uh, just kind of repeat that process. And fun. Shoot. And fun fact, going back to that kind of first question, for filmmakers out there, storing your lenses with the aperture open is the proper way to store a lens. We learned that recently because we were like, well, not recently, I guess a few years ago, kind of how should we do this? Oh, we're storing with the aperture open, looked it up, and it turns out that helps preserve your aperture. Uh, It keeps it smooth. So if you're a filmmaker out there and you're wondering how to store your lenses, Obviously, put the caps on. That's another thing we should probably touch on too. Yeah. Uh, but also store with your aperture open. We do so with swapping and keeping your caps on. You don't want to leave your lens, your sensor exposed or the back of the lens exposed or the front. I mean, use your lens caps. Yeah. But we do what's called like a hot swap. We'll say hot swap, and so Austin will have something on a rig, and he'll be like hot swap eighty five, and then he'll have the. Uh, uh, another lens and then he'll pop it off and then I'll hand him the other one and he'll just swap it real quick to minimize the exposure of the sensor when you're out in the field. So mm. that's that's kind of fun. Yeah, fun facts. <laughs> nice. Well, what about the transportation? So, and I'll give you an example. You know, you guys had worked with a, a project with Lydia and I up in New York and I know that you guys had rented some equipment while you were up there but also you brought stuff with you. So traveling with it on a plane, maybe driving long distances in a car. L- let's talk about transportation, like safety for equipment. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so traveling is, uh, it can get a little bit tricky, especially if you're flying. Um, so like when we went up to New York City with you guys, um, there's, there's definitely a few things that you want to keep in mind. Um, one, you never want to check your core equipment. If you can go, if you can, if you can get, get away from that, um, whenever we tra- travel with our cameras and lenses, we always travel, carry on with the cameras and carry on with the lenses. Don't um, trust the airlines. Yeah, don't, no, don't trust never, them. Never. Especially if you have a shoot, you know, if you have a production schedule set, um, right. You know, you, you definitely don't want to bank on that because they might say, oh, yeah, I got on the wrong flight and it'll be 24 hours. And now you've kind of missed your window for the shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes we'll, we will check 
um, some less priority equipment like tripods or smaller lights or, or things like that, um, that in worst case scenario, we could either do without or easily rent uh, same day. Right. Um, or rig something, you know, just yeah. Yeah. to yeah. work for the moment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but definitely, um, you know, travel, travel in hard cases or travel in, in, uh, in something that you can keep on you at all times. Um, cause you, you want to take care of your equipment for sure. And we also have a very specific process for loading the car when we're, you know, doing something more local. Mm-hmm. We have just, you know, this goes here, this goes there. And we ha- it just fits so perfectly and it's very satisfying. It's, you know, <laughs> equipment Tetris. So yeah, when we're if on you can s- pack all that in tightly, then the equipment's going to be safer in general. So mm-hmm. if you take Bounce a tight around, turn or you have to dodge something or slam on your brakes real quick, it's all going to kind of compact together and not fall off and flip mm-hmm. over and break some. Yeah. yeah. So when a client says, Hey, can I help you guys load? I say, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, we got this. This has to go in. You a can help way. carry it from your location <laughs> to the back of the car and then drop it there. Yeah. You guys kind of touched on it with the like swapping out of the lenses and everything. But when you're on a shoot, I can imagine not all of your equipment's out at the same time. So what are you doing to kind of store that equipment that you will need, but you're not necessarily using right then? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, ahead of time you know pre-production is you know very important Mm -hmm. and one of the questions when we're preparing to go on location is is it a safe area you know where where are the right places to park um you know one of the first things we do when we do park and unload everything onto our cart we find we ask like where is a very where's a secure spot where's a room that's kind of tucked away where's a conference room where's your office anything where people aren't going to be walking through or anything like that it is kind of tricky on set to make sure everything is safe but usually everything is in one spot and it's pretty close by so we haven't really run into many issues where safety of our equipment is an issue Mm -hmm. um so like security has anybody ever walked off with anything from a shoot you guys were distracted filming Mm -hmm. something somebody took off with mic stand or anything knock on wood i don't do you have one you have one i don't think uh oh yeah i I do (laughs) (laughs) wait a minute i was like i don't think so uh yeah actually one time i was uh i was shooting in st louis and uh probably shouldn't have done it but uh i after the shoot i was i was alone and uh i went to go down to a a spot in downtown st louis and watch a um a jazz musician that i know and i i left the equipment in my car and uh yeah somebody broke into my car and uh stole the pelican case that holds all the lenses um so that one was really disappointed and then tried to take cameras but uh fortunately in a way i left the cameras on the tripod because i was going to do a little bit of night photography once uh the jazz show was done and so uh they tried to take them off but they couldn't get them off the tripods i guess they didn't know how tripods worked so uh so they're like bent over on the side and like kind of tried to pry them off and it kind of they didn't want the tripod though they just yeah Yeah, they wanted the camera off (laughs) we learned a good which i was like hey the tripods are a few hundred bucks too you probably should have just taken the whole thing and that's why you insure your equipment too yeah that is true yeah so all that was insured and, and we got you know our money for it so uh, we were able to replace everything. So yeah, 
insure your stuff too. That's yeah, that's yeah. Uh, important. It's you not, can you can it's try. not that expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, that's expensive. Yeah, no, no. you can try to protect your stuff all well, you. Well, yeah, and it's really expensive to you know replace cameras and things, especially mm -hmm. what if you had a you know shoot the next day. You couldn't just be without or have to cancel that gig and lose Ooh. that money, right? I got to so. shudder down my spine after <laughs> so, that. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, it is it is important. So, like, how do you decide when it's time to upgrade or replace that equipment? Like, what considerations? Do you kind of take in mind when I, making that decision? I want it. I want it. You just, I want it. Look at this. Also, it's going to be someone on Instagram be like, dude, we got to get this. But no, in all seriousness, um, you know, if something breaks, you know, you replace it. If something becomes obsolete, um, replace it. Um, if you have the funds, go ahead. You know, it's, right. it's kind of that if the timing lines up. So, you know, buying new cameras is a big consideration. Um, I mean, we just got our cameras in 2020 and they've lasted and we're about to 2024 and they still hold up. So we're not planning on replacing those anytime soon unless we make a jump into like, you know, cinematic filmmaking because that right. stuff is like hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars that we do not have. Um, but, uh, you know, keeping up with the trends. Um, yeah, if something looks super cool and we have to have it and that, <laughs> that usually ends up in the lighting department. Um, if we oh. find a cool light or a light that has, you know, certain capabilities that we don't currently have, or if we need to upgrade, oh, maybe, you know, these tube lights are kind of not as cool as these tube lights and they're right. not that expensive. But, um, but yeah, when we have a surplus cash flow, um, sometimes we decide what equipment should we upgrade recently, most recently, actually, we upgraded our storage <laughs> so our bags and yeah. stuff we got new bags for our stands and you know the odds and ends that go along with those so um that's kind of con consolidated our load in load out so which that is also like a really important consideration when we're thinking about buying new gear mm -hmm. we always think about how frequently are we going to use this piece of gear or is this going to be an every shoot sort of thing or is this a specialty piece because if it's a really specialty piece you might as well just rent it. If you think you're just going to use it maybe once or twice a year, the the cost of renting is pretty low and people will, you know, there are companies that will just ship you gear, right. you know, on demand. So if you're not going to use it that often, don't buy it. Um, if you think you're going to use it all the time and you think, yeah, I definitely want to buy this, then consider how you're going to transport that and where it's going to fit in your equipment locker. Because if it's a big piece, especially that might not fit in any of the bags, that might mean adding a whole new bag. Right. And if you're adding a whole new bag, that might mean upgrading your cart and getting a larger cart or a different size van or something along those lines. So yeah. we definitely take into consideration what that piece is like and how it fits into our puzzle. And we try to keep things mm -hmm. pretty nimble. Yeah, even um, if you're replacing something as simple as a, a C-stand, you know, mm -hmm. that C-stand belongs here and we replace it, but it's a bigger one. So now we have this bag that's obsolete and we get it. So there's a lot of different factors that go into considering that kind of stuff. Yeah, it sounds like. I can imagine a lot of those are like the adult things you have to buy for your house, like cups or bowls. <laughs> like, I don't really want to buy it, but I'm an adult, so I have to buy this. Right, Dang right. it, I have to have cups. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got to have bags for my mic stands. <laughs> So I got a two-part question for you guys. Are all camera bags created equal? I know they make kind of like softer ones. You talked about your Pelicans. Got like the hard outside. And then what is your all-time favorite storage solution you've ever purchased for a piece of equipment? You, and I, like I said, you mentioned Pelican. Is that your favorite one you've ever gotten? Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
Pelican's the, the leading brand in mm-hmm. hard cases. Um, and they're not just camera cases either. They're just hard cases for all sorts of things. So even if you're not a you know filmmaker, um, maybe you have expensive tools or um, or other kind of fragile Is that pieces. Pelican as in like a Pelican canoes? Yep. Oh. oh. Or kayaks? I mean, <laughs> I, I was know. thinking I was more. Thinking the bird too. <laughs> no, well, I was thinking, you know how Lifetime products, Lifetime makes coolers, Lifetime makes uh, foldable plastic tables, Lifetime makes kayaks. Mm. So I didn't know if Pelican was also the same because it's a moldable, you know, plastic product. Yeah. I didn't know. I is that the same people? I do not know. I'm going to Google that after this. I think it's called Pelican, though, because, you know, the Pelican can, like, expand its. Oh, it's next. And it it's, carries. I don't know. It's I'm a total stretch called. here. But. The marketing <laughs> Steal this is one. not yeah. from the about page of Pelican. <laughs> it's total speculation. But are all camera bags created equal? Like, what do you have to say about, like, the soft outside ones? Because mm. that's what I have for my personal, like, Canon camera that I have. Yeah. So, I, I uh, they're, no, not necessarily. You guys bag snobs. Um, <laughs> not well, super we, hardcore. It's our, it's our living, and those are, right. like, we have pretty expensive stuff as opposed to like i don't know what you're what you have but i'm pull sure it out like once a year yeah to, to you know one of my those cat, things. you know <laughs> <laughs> um but you know for something if you have like a canon dslr with a regular lens that you use put it in a bag i mean that's that's most mostly like over your shoulder mm-hmm. and we're talking we keep our cameras with you know all the different attachments the audio equipment some smaller lights some chargers some tools so everything is right there there's probably like 15 slots in that box and then like briefcase or bigger right right exactly and so we also have this little purple bag we call it the purple bag and whenever i'm taking cameras home for personal use i'll just put a camera in there and it's just a backpack Mm-hmm. Um, that opens from the baculate on its front and it opens up and there's some padding in there and stuff. And I really, I really like that one. I trust that one. Um, so I would say it depends on what you're using it for. Right. So like in your case, I'm sure that that suffices cause mm-hmm. you're not going crazy places and right. doing crazy <laughs> things. Um, but also we have, you know, eight lenses that need to fit in a Pelican. So, um, it's not necessarily a Pelican brand you don't have to go with cause I know there's a lot of good ones out there. Um, you know, Pelican is top of the line, but hard shell for for our purposes is definitely the best, and also because it loads real nice and stacks real nice, so mm-hmm. it stores really well. You're right. And if uh, Pelican's out there and they hear this and they wanted to send the Evoke guys some uh, new storage bags, <laughs> they would not turn them down. We would, not, we would not. Also, they we'll, would love we'll... to tell people how wonderful <laughs> your bags are. <laughs> we'll also shout out to a uh, rock and roller cart because that is probably the best piece of equipment that Amen. That bought. Right. Amen. Well, tell um, us what is it again? It is a cart. Okay. And I don't know why it took us so long to get a cart, um, but you know, we have a bunch of gear. And so the way we used to do it is we would like, okay, I'm going to grab this, you grab that. Okay. And then we just haul it in, make another trip, haul it in and maybe get as many hands as we can. So as our gear locker has grown, our need for transport from the car to the set has become more and more important. So once we got this cart, everything just goes on it. You strap it in with bungee cords and then it's just like your own little portable production office because you get the little platform on top where you put all the cameras and then everything else you need is right under it so rock and, and the cart itself folds down so it mm-hmm. ends up being about six feet long and then there's a top that that goes on that's about probably four feet high up um so you have like a space to work with your equipment and um you know ma- manipulate the cameras and stuff um but then when you're ready to pack it up in the van you can you can fold it down and it becomes about maybe three feet long by 
eight inches tall. So it's it's really nice that mm-hmm. you can kind of pack it away, but then have this really nice resource for moving. It's things. really sturdy too. Yeah, it sounds interesting. We're in the market oh, yeah. for a new one too. Oh, so. oh, we are yeah. thinking about it. So <laughs> rock and roller, if you're out there, That's right. we would See, prefer if... the heavier duty model. <laughs> Santa, if you're listening. That's right. <laughs> time. All right. So, well, outside of the equipment, let's talk about the actual files of it. So how do you manage and organize the digital files for your projects? You want me to take this one? Go ahead. All right. Um, so there's a, a couple different sides of the types of files that we manage. Um, firstly is kind of the pre-production documentation. So when we're doing pre-production, the, this is going to be Things like scripts, um, you know, talent documents, um, you know, talent releases, production schedules, production schedules um, all basically all of the information we need to shoot. Um, so all of that stuff is going to be in cloud storage. We use um, Google Drive, but there are a couple other competitors you can use. But um, having that in cloud storage is really nice because uh, most of the time we print, so we have everything on a clipboard. It's e- easily accessible, um, but if something gets lost or, or if you forget the clipboard or like I do most the of the time, <laughs> you can pull up these documents on your phone um, or a tablet or something. And so um, that's why we ensure that all of that stuff is up in Google drive. It also just makes like uh, collaboration in um, interaction on those documents easier. So when we're working with a client, we can share that with them. They can make updates, you know, add people to the production schedule, move things around. Um, then when it comes to the actual like storing of the video files, right. um, that's a little bit different beast um, just because the the size in the, you know, just the overall size of the video files is quite a bit bigger than uh, most people kind of comprehend. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, bigger than an iPhone video. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Much larger. Are we talking terabytes? We are talking terabytes for okay. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes terabytes for a singular shoot. Um, right. So we do we do a, uh, a TV show uh, called Missouri Life and each of those um, episodes end up being a little over a terabyte a piece. Wow. And so we'll do six episodes that's six terabytes. We've done it for a few years. You can do the math. Yeah, you need a lot of storage for that. Yeah. yeah. And luckily for us, technology has advanced a lot in the last even five years for terabyte drives to be super tiny and very fast. So and tiny that you can just state. stick them right in the camera box. It's great. I love yeah. it. As, well, as opposed to a giant spinning hard drive. Well, where are you right. guys keeping all those like disks and drives of all the past stuff? Is there like a, so you guys have like a backup to a backup to a backup? Yeah. Yeah. Basically <laughs> we're going to get there later on, but yeah, back, we back up everything twice. So taking the Missouri life example, once we're done shooting for the day, we get back, first thing we do, mm-hmm. dump the footage. And think like this is offsite, this is not at our office. We're, we're getting back, you know, we're in a different city. Um, so we'll have two hard drives, we'll get mm-hmm. back, we'll dump the footage to one hard drive, and then we'll immediately make a copy of that hard drive. And then we'll separate the two hard drives oh. uh, to ensure that we have two copies and they're in two different places. So when we travel back with mm-hmm. that footage, just in case somebody, you know, leaves their backpack in the Airbnb or, uh, you know, it, it, God forbid, gets stolen, we still have one other copy mm-hmm. in a totally different bag. Um, nice. and then, it's like the know. keys to a nuclear missile, you know? <laughs> right? They yeah. got to insert He's them at the same one. time, exactly. Turn at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And that's how you ensure you have your footage. Yeah. yeah. And then when it comes to like actually 
sorting that footage and storing it, um, you know, naming conventions and folder structure is really important. Uh, I've I've worked with some other filmmakers where I look at their their folder structure and it's so messy that just surely as you're moving pieces around, you can lose something, mm -hmm. and and that's what you want to try to um, get away from. And so for a typical project, we would have a client folder inside that we would have a project folder that would be named uh you know whatever project say mm -hmm. storage mart new york city um and then inside that we would have a clips folder with subfolders um, for different categories and then we would have a project file which is going to hold our premiere pro or you could use davinci or something along those lines music links renders and all nicely sorted nice. mm -hmm. um, so anyone can get in there and know exactly what they're looking at even if they've never seen the folder before Very nice. for the more casual photo taker like a family trying to store just their family photo somewhere but digitally what would you kind of recommend for that uh, get a hard drive yeah absolutely i mean photos are much smaller than video files for we sure can't just trust the cloud no well i mean <laughs> i yeah for so. long term you think about it now people i mean i have polaroids of myself as a as a toddler mm -hmm. right that you know my grandmother or somebody gave me yeah. as i got older so like i feel like you know that's different now we live in mm -hmm. uh, where everything's digital and you know in 20 years your grandma's not going to have a polaroid or a printed picture of her grandkids to show um you know it'll be different moving forward so how can you know someone really archive those for mm -hmm. the long term so yeah. 20 30 years down the road mm -hmm. they can share those family photos yeah. i have a couple thoughts on okay it. go ahead i was gonna say unless you're my mom because she prints out <laughs> even every iphone photo <laughs> I have two thoughts on this one. Yes. Don't trust the cr cloud completely, but also don't trust your drive completely. Mm. So it makes sense to have these things in two places. If you can, um, I really recommend Google photos for photo storage. Um, they're awesome. Um, their storage seems to be the most affordable when you look at like different, um, cloud storage platforms, they have great, uh, search. So if you want to search for physical things like car or, you know, forest or maybe a location, it's going to use all the metadata from your photos. So you could say, yes. Oh, you, you know, Yosemite 2011, and then boom, there are your photos from Yosemite 20, you know, 2011. Um, and so I, I really like that, um, platform and I think that everyone should be using it. But then also if that's your primary storage solution, then sometimes uh, use the download all of your photos option um, within Google Photos. Download that as a whole pack. It's going to be huge. It's going to take a long time. But then you can put that on a drive just in case right. Google Photos goes down, which right. is very unlikely. Mm -hmm. Google's a huge company. They put this uh, type, they put your content in many, many different storage s spots mm -hmm. across the country. So even if a certain area was you know, flooded or bombed or something like that, you would still, you know, have that, uh, a duplicate of that stored on the other side of the country or maybe even in a different country. Um, so but, cloud storage is still better than, you know, if you're going to do just one thing, I'd say cloud storage. And then if you want to be really safe, download your cloud storage and put it on a physical drive. Mm -hmm. yeah. I always say uh, use technology, but don't completely trust it. Right. Even though a hard drive, I guess, is technically technology, but I feel like that's a little safer. So get like, you know. Be redundant. Be that's redundant. It. Be redundant. Something can fail. That. Something yeah. can fail. Yeah. 
Well, you guys have kind of touched on your personal file storages, uh, you know, systems for the business and stuff. But um, let's let's get into some, maybe some personal antidotes mm. here. So, like, what is your favorite video or photography shoot you've ever done in your career? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's there one some that really there stands out. Well, you guys, and maybe you like them for different reasons. Right. right. Yes. So we, we, we kind of thought about this and. The number one, and we both agree, the number one commercial spot we've ever done was with you guys. I was um, gonna say, if we're not on this list, yeah, I'll be no, offended. yeah, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to sound like we were pandering to you guys because we're on your podcast, but that is for real that though. We true. we have shown the the original spot that we did, um, which was a narrative piece that follows, you know, a, a young child who gets his first guitar, and then as he grows up, you know, the guitar needs to go into storage for a while, and then he he busts it back out when he's a grandpa and passes down to his granddaughter. Mm -hmm. It's a real moving piece. Um, there's, there's a lot of technical aspects on mm -hmm. the cinematography and lighting side. Um, but then overall it, you know, you guys as, as a client, um, uh, gave us a lot of creative freedom and also kind of pushed us to make this thing really awesome. And, mm -hmm. uh, all the stars aligned with it. We even had one scene where, um, it was supposed to be kind of this cozy unboxing with the family and the, you know, the, uh, the middle eight no the middle-aged uh character mm -hmm. um played by zach zito shout out um he it, it, they're unboxing and he's playing guitar and we even got snow in oh, in the background so both <laughs> windows have snow coming down and is just like the cutest yeah, i thought you were gonna say scene. like the last scene when the grandpa's like finally teaching the, his granddaughter how to oh, play guitar. Every the, scene the is actor, really beautiful. The actor for that scene, I forget his name. Dennis. Dennis. Dennis Lane. Dennis Lane. Uh, he just took it and just embodied everything that we wanted. And he like, he got emotional. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of making us emotional too because he was teaching this little girl how to play guitar. And he, so we were, he asked he us. He was what, really giving it a shot. Yeah, he, he was asked like, us, he was like, what, what, are we, what are we doing? And we were like, all right, we'll just give her this guitar and then like give her a lesson. And he just did it. And we were, we had our lights set up and we were just, we didn't even really tell him what to do. We just like got all of our shots. The and magic just happened. It, huh? it just happened. And, and he really made it. You know, really, really special. So, because there weren't really lines in that one. No, no, it was just yeah. oh, narrated, yeah. and, and also the voiceover and the script to it. I, I'm so proud of that. I, I love it so much. But, and we did it in a handful of languages for you guys yeah. too. So that was fun yeah. too. Just, uh, you mm -hmm. know, seeing the UK version and the Spanish version mm -hmm. and the French version. That's just. Uh, yeah, it's fun. And, and we also won a national award for it. I don't think we told you guys. Oh, I don't know if you yeah. told us that. I, wow. I forgot that we did because that had to have been back in 2020 when things were all crazy. Yes. But I was cleaning out my desk today or yesterday and I found it. like Because we have the trophy. Actually, maybe we didn't even order the trophy yet. But we have the the piece of paper that says like excellence in directing and it has storage mart um yeah, unboxing spot, yeah. unboxing the future so oh, that's pretty yeah, cool, cool. That so that's our favorite commercial spot i will say also going with you guys to new york city that was a great time oh with, yeah with manhattan mini um, yeah which is this you know sub brand um but that just that whole trip was really fun uh, I think the commercial piece turned out. It's not as emotional and, and amazing as the first <laughs> one that we did, but uh, just getting out in New York City. I haven't been there since I was a kid, so um, mm -hmm. that was an awesome trip. Yeah, it was great. Definitely yeah. a highlight. And then what else? There's yeah, there's man. a couple other great projects. Um, I briefly mentioned the TV show we do, mm -hmm. Missouri Life. It's a travel TV show that features different uh, communities in Missouri, and uh, we'd go out, spend two or three days there. Um, they're to, always really fun for me and Will. Mm -hmm. We get to check out, you know, small towns where you don't think 
like anything is going on. Like right. I remember showing up to Perry County, Missouri, and we get there the night before. We went to the bar, and we were, I said, "So what is there cool to do around here?" And then the bartender was like, "Nothing." And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. "I can tell you seven things that are really cool around here because that are we're about on to our production it. schedule." <laughs> oh. It ended up being like a really you know a sleeper episode. You didn't you didn't expect it to be as cool as it was but we ended up going down into a cave which ended up being some of the coolest lighting we've ever done because we had everybody had headlamps and we were Uh shooting in pitch black with just the headlamps we lit almost the entire thing with headlamps (laughs) it was cool (laughs) you can imagine a lot of the nature stuff is like super cool to shoot i love the nature stuff yeah yeah We'll, we'll push our production schedule. We're like, ooh, we should spend another 45 minutes shooting birds out here. <laughs> but yeah, we've done a lot of a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Are there any, like, stories or anecdotes that you can kind of point out as being, like, really influential to you guys as photographers or videographers? Well, okay. That's a big question. I know. Dig deep. Yeah, Real deep. It's been yeah. such a big part of our lives, um, you know, and having this as a career and a livelihood is is truly like a blessing it's it's great to be able to you know do what you love love what you do kind of deal um but you know ever since i can remember you know i've been interested in in production and performance and things like that i did some videography in in high school is kind of where i got into that doing crazy sketches and things like that Mm -hmm. i was always a theater kid too so, Saturday Night Live kind of yeah yeah semblance what doing improv yeah. I always did improv uh, through high school and some in some in college too um, but you know just finding the love of production you know throughout all the things that I enjoyed most that was always the thing is having a vision putting things together that are gonna make that vision come true and then it all culminating and then you have that feeling of oh we did it we did it look at it look at it look at it we did it all that hard work it's so gratifying and it's so satisfying and you know being able to do that and and make a living is great um but i also say the pandemic also as far as photography goes so mostly videography there but the pandemic was especially fun (laughs) 2020 early 2020 because we didn't we left the office adjective everyone uses yeah it was great Um, (laughs) especially fun because we had just got these new cameras like in january and we'd barely gotten to use them then yeah, it was great timing to invest. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, a bunch yeah. of money and we thirty thousand yeah, dollars into just, We oh. just upgraded like our lights, everything, and we I were know. like, "What?" Um, but I got to take a camera and a lens home. And at the time, I was living on a really nice piece of property, bees and birds, and like I had five dogs on the property. And I was just taking photos. And looking back at those, I'm like, "Dang." Like, I'm glad I had that time to practice because after that, you know, I found a love for photography and really got better at it. So that was that was nice. So, yeah, I took kind of a a roundabout way to making my way to cinematography Uh, started kind of in in high school. I was really interested in in graphic design. I've always been a pretty creative person. I've played music since I was pretty young, Uh, you know, just drawn and painted and things like that. Um, And as I kind of started getting to high school, I was like think I need to start figuring out how to you know turn this into a job and make money not right. just cool things um, and so I started doing graphic design work and um, taking some classes at the Columbia Area Career Center um, so shout out to them they're super awesome um, they really gave me my my first kind of uh, legs in the area um, and I just started doing like little projects for people finding people that needed business cards and flyers and things like that and um, and that felt really good to make you know, make money on my own, um, making art. 
and uh, I, I kept that going um, and, and eventually um, started the Evoke group with one other um, guy. We started as a creative production house, so we were doing web development, video pro- video production, and, and design work. Mm-hmm. Um, grew that into a full service agency, so we started doing distribution campaigns, like social campaigns, Facebook, um, Google, YouTube. Right. Um, and then as I, I kind of had my fingers in, in all of these different uh, mediums, video really started to stand out as a way as my favorite way and what i believe is the most powerful way to tell stories Mm -hmm. um and so once i kind of boiled that down for myself internally i kind of let the other ones go and we had different employees working in each of those different departments um that i was kind of overseeing so I, i took video and really ran with it and that's just about the same time too that we'll join the company and because um, video was also starting to take off and I needed a second person to really level things up with me. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's how I got, yeah. got it's kind of interesting it. too. Like I'm hearing you mention where you started back in school, having that program, um, that you got involved with. Yeah. Um, I had a similar thing at, at my high school, oh, yeah. which was the, the broadcast and mm-hmm, right. I went back uh, maybe a couple of years ago, I got invited back to speak to some senior students about oh, about cool. my 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 career path, which is is really quite an experience when somebody asks you to go back mm-hmm. since you've graduated high school. What's happened to you? <laughs> so I'm like, oh You're my like, god! You're like it's a short story. Wait, oh, oh, wait like, a second. Oh, man, here we go. But you know, it was actually quite engaging, and I didn't think kids would care at all. But I had a bunch of questions, which was yeah. great, and being back in my high school where it all started, where I really got my hands on a camera for the first time, the program was gone. Because I was like, "Does any is anybody doing, um, oh, I forget, MHS TV, Market High School, shout out, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> MHS TV. And everybody just looked at me with these blank faces and I looked over at the teacher and she's like, they got rid of that program like three years ago. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, it made me want to go back and be like, because that's where I really fell in love with it. And it broke my heart. You're like, I'll teach so, it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'm sorry, Austin. I'm not coming back to work. I'm, uh, yeah. I haven't really checked in on the career center <laughs> yeah. to see what uh, classes they yeah. still have left. But. I mean, that just speaks to, you know, how important that is. But you, I didn't really even realize it until I had to do, until I did that, until mm-hmm. I spoke to those students. I was like, you know what? Thinking back, this is kind of where it all started for me is just having fun with my friends and a camera and getting to run around the halls of school, mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. making stupid videos. It well, was... it's interesting how that plays out that you you get influenced by just little things in mm-hmm. your life. And then they later on, you realize exactly how impactful it was. Or right. like, oh, that was that was the beginning. That's where it all started. Right. My, you know my desire for it, you know, my joy for it, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. so definitely. it's really cool. Yeah. And it can definitely be like a, a, a big loop around. You might have no idea that that's where it's leading you. And then you look back and yeah. you're like, Oh, wow. That's crazy. Without that, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Right. right. Cool. Well, I, I have a question I just thought of. What was your first piece of like film equipment that you ever got? Um, well, I guess it depends on if you count a camera. Um, the first cameras we started on were, um, the Canon, uh, like T3Is. Um, they're, I, they probably still make them. Honestly, it was like a very entry level DSLR and Mm -hmm. it shot, uh, full hd <laughs> so it shot 1080p and uh, was like what four megapixels back in the day or something. yeah it, it, it was not the best um 
But I think like the following that, um, the first piece of equipment that wasn't a camera, we've got a slider. And I remember that just blowing my mind. A slider just, is something you set a camera on and it makes the smooth motion. Mm-hmm. Side Left to, side to right those, or, the, forward or forward and back. back. Yeah. So it's not like a gimbal. It sits on a tripod, but it has left to right forward back yeah, motion. It's smoother than anything handheld can produce mm-hmm. yes. exactly Absolutely. yeah and you'll see like if you uh you know if you looked up a, a slider and, and watch some of the shots then you'll watch some movies and be like oh yeah mm-hmm. this is what's being used there it's like a little, um, do- little dolly or you could do what yeah. we did in new or york where you're just on a rolling staircase there are the, plenty the swivel, of ways the swivel to chair gimbal is one of my favorites yeah. you put them in a chair and then push them down the hallway whatever it takes to get the shot right yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. do yeah. it for the shot uh, that's my, one of our mottos for the record my first uh piece of video equipment was one of those flip cams oh, yeah, yeah. they were about this big yes. and i won it in a in a raffle in my like senior farewell senior farewell in high school nice. i wanted it so bad and my principal saw me just like praying praying and he pulled out the ticket and he said my name i don't think it had my name on it i think he just saw <laughs> me like just wanting it so bad but it, the screen was like the size of a stamp Aww. <laughs> Well, it's been great having you guys on yeah, today. It gave us a lot of good insights into camera storage, video equipment storage, all of that. And I'm sure our listeners will appreciate your wealth of knowledge that you've shared with us today. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, tell us where we can find the Evoke Group online. If anybody's wanting to look you up, maybe they need some video services, uh, things Absolutely. like that. Where can they find you guys? Yeah, they can find us at theevokegroup.com. That's T-H-E-E-V-O-K-E-G-R-O-U-P.com. And that's where uh, most of the information is. Yep, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Vimeo. Um, yeah, Vimeo is where we. I guess just one quick mention too. If mm-hmm. as far as uh, professional video storage for the cloud, Vimeo um, is is kind of the standard for that. We didn't so mention Vimeo. it's yeah. no, we didn't. Um, I don't think we talked about Vimeo. Yeah, but that's that's gonna like they they don't uh, really compress down your footage in the way that other uh, video providers like YouTube. Um, they'll they'll make the file size a lot smaller, um, and Vimeo will actually store that full, um, you know, uncompressed video quality. So if you want to watch our stuff in the full quality, um, you can find it on Vimeo. Um, or if you're in Columbia, we're located right across the street from Logboat Brewing. Uh, great little. Let local us know, and brewery. we'll have a beer with you. Yes, we will. <laughs> we'll <show you laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, The Storage Queens. Take care and happy organizing. Bye, guys.